Have you ever been excited to receive a visitor? Or perhaps to visit somebody that um, meant a lot to you? So really excited about that time. I was born in Australia of Italian parents. And when I was about two years old, my parents decided to move back to Italy. And so they packed up their family and off we went. One great thing about Italy was that that's where all, pretty much all my aunties and uncles were and they just loved us being around and they gave us a lot of attention, a lot of affection. And I just reveled in that. I remember that as a little kid until I was four years old and then um, circumstances led us to come back to Australia. And so I missed my aunts and uncles that used to be around us pretty much every day one way or another. And when it came opportunity to visit them in holidays going back to Italy, it was a really great thing, something that I was really excited to do, really look forward to seeing them. And the occasion, the odd occasion, one or two of them would come and visit us. But it was fantastic. I miss them a lot and I long to be reconnected with them. And relationships flourish through our connection. The Christmas carol I have the pleasure to talk about today is the one we just sang. It's a hymn that sings glory to God for coming to be among us and visiting us in human form. The words of the carol were adapted from a hymn written by Charles Wesley in 1739, and it was titled A Hymn for Christmas Day. And as Virginia preached last week, Charles Wesley was meticulous in writing carols or hymns. He wrote thousands of the things, and they were theologically sound just well based on scripture. And this carol here is a call to worship Jesus, the Christ, declaring who he is and what he has done for us and what he continues to do in us. It succinctly proclaims the gospel and is jam-packed with truths and references from biblical texts, so much so that many a sermon could be written from it. But today I'll unpack for you that Jesus who's also called Emmanuel, is God coming to be with us and to remain in us. So as several other Christmas carols um, begin, Hark the Herald Angels Sing also begins with the heralding of the arrival of Christ, which is another word for Messiah and means the anointed one. And in Luke we read... And there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. To begin with, the angel tells the shepherds that he brings good news that will bring great joy to all people. This is to signify the joyous blessing of what he is about to tell, but also to calm down the fearful shepherds. The angel goes on to proclaim that a child born to mankind is the saviour and messiah and he is Lord. This is the anointed one who was prophesied in the scriptures 
to be the deliverer and redeemer of all people. Through many prophecies, God's people Israel had become expectant of a saviour who would come to them to deliver them from sin and slavery. And so in the first verse of the carol, we sang that Christ has come. He's the one who would bring reconciliation between God and us, sinners, in saving us from the consequences of sin. The birth of Jesus is the most significant birth in the world's history. He is the best person that one could hope for to come and visit. And so to punctuate this event appropriately, the heavenly hosts erupt in worship, singing glory to God. The carol invites us to join in the, with the angelic host in singing glory to God in worship and praise for this awesome event and how good it is to be able to do so today. In the second verse of the carol, we sing of Jesus' as deity as demonstrated to us through what he said and what he did. The carol triumphantly declares who this Christ is. He is adored by the highest heaven. He is the everlasting Lord. We sang, vowed in flesh, the Godhead see, because through Jesus we see the love, the relationship, and the nature of the Godhead, Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God in flesh, come to be with us. Approximately 700 years before Jesus' birth, Isaiah prophesied, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel is one of the names given to Jesus. It is Hebrew for God with us. Now God with us does not just mean that God's thoughts are with us, or that he's on our side. It's much more than that. It's a literal description of the mystery that as Jesus... God took on the form of a man and lived among his people. He put aside his glory, rolled up his sleeves, and jumped right into our humanity, taking on himself the rescue mission for mankind. And in Philippians chapter 2, we read, the Apostle Paul writes this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, do not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus humbled himself to be born into his own creation, in submission to the will of the Father, in an act of extreme service for us. Jesus shared in our humanity and communed with us. In becoming like us, he is relatable to us and he has modelled righteousness for us. His focused mission and love for the people is consistently demonstrated through his actions and interactions. He taught and revelled in people coming to know about the kingdom of God and he paid the ultimate price for our sins bringing reconciliation with God so that, as we sang in the third verse, no more may die, that we be raised from death and that we are given second birth. 
Through Emmanuel as the incarnate deity, we can come to see that Jesus, who is adored in heaven and is Lord of all, adores us, is committed to us and can be trusted with our lives and our salvation. Emmanuel demonstrates to us the passion of God to connect with his people, to show us the way and to give us life. But Emmanuel, God with us, does, did not just leave his disciples when he ascended into heaven. Before his crucifixion, Jesus tells the disciples, in, and we read this in John chapter 14, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realise that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Jesus promises the disciples that even though he was soon to leave them in body, that he would remain in them, and they in him. This promise applies to all who follow him. Jesus continues to be our Emmanuel. Jesus' presence in us means he remains connected to us and in communion with us. It is like we have been visited by the most important person ever, and he isn't going to leave us. Jesus being in us does not mean that we become robots and he controls us without any free will of our own. Neither that does it mean that all of our actions are done in Jesus. Rather, when we submit to his sovereignty, his love and his grace, we allow him to work in us and to guide us, to transform us into becoming more like him in order to bring his kingdom to the world. After all, that's what Jesus commissioned us to do. In the passage we just read, Jesus explains that the Spirit of Truth, who is the Holy Spirit, will be given to us so that we may receive power, wisdom, counsel, understanding, and enabling us to know Christ better, to live as he intended, and to be effective in our work for his kingdom. This is the same Holy Spirit that rested on Jesus. In the third verse of the carol, we sang that Emmanuel brings light and life to all. We and we read in John chapter 8. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is not just a light. He is the light of the world. Jesus can bring light into all situations. He promises to all who follow him that they will not walk in darkness. There's an element of invitation here. Someone who visits us can only commune with us when we let them into our space and we give them our attention. Likewise, we too need to allow Jesus into our life and our walk. Jesus is with us, but the extent to which we allow him to lead us is dependent on us. When we choose to follow Jesus in our daily living, he promises to light our way, as we read, 
and to help us see things that we are otherwise blind to. For instance, becoming convicted of something we have done or something that we need to do. Recognising the dark areas of our lives that need attention. Perhaps truths that we need to stand boldly in or things we need to flee from or areas of our lives that we need God's restorative power and grace to bring healing. Jesus promises us us, that his ways lead to life. And this goes further than our salvation of our souls, but involves the transformation of ourselves to become more Christ-like, something that will happen if we follow him. When we surrender ourselves to him by allowing his word to shape us, when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, Jesus promises to bring light and life into situations where we need it. Indeed, Jesus calls us to position ourselves, to hear from him, to surrender ourselves to his will, and to allow him, through his word and Holy Spirit, to transform us. I've been a Christian for most of my life, and I've come to experience some of the most profound insights and discernment of his will in my life when I've pressed into his presence. Seeking God earnestly in a place of devoted attention to him and allowing him to speak to me through his word has been transformative. For instance, it has been through prolonged periods of prayer and meditation in his word that I've come to understand his total acceptance of me, despite what I may think of myself. And this has been a long journey from my head to my heart. Knowing my identity in him is an empowering thing which has helped me to better trust Jesus in his leading. And also, listening to his, the leading of the Holy Spirit has at times highlighted areas where repentance has been needed and has brought me to a profound awareness of his mercy and grace in my life. In times of prayer and meditation on his word, I've come away with insights or promptings that I've needed, sometimes unexpected. But looking back, I've seen God's favour on my life in leading me. And being obedient to the Spirit's leading in these matters has often allowed doors to open to new things. This is Emmanuel, God with us. If we earnestly seek him, Emmanuel promises to give us what we need in life, such as wisdom, discernment, guidance, giftings and ability faith, courage, healing, peace, comfort, strength. So in concluding, Hark the Herald Angels Sing sings glory to God for becoming Emmanuel. The highest in heaven became flesh so that, we would, so that he would be God with us. He did this to show us the way to the Father by being our light and to make the way possible to the Father by giving us life. But furthermore, unlike those joyous visits that we may make to loved ones, Jesus promises to remain with us as God in us, never to leave us, continuing to bring light into our lives and to enable us to live as he intends. However, the extent to which we allow Jesus to do his work in us is up to us. So I ask you, are you allowing Emmanuel to bring light and life in your world? Do you need to invite the Holy Spirit 
into areas where you need his light and life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus on this earth to be Emmanuel, God with us, to show us the way, to give us light and life. And we thank you that through your Holy Spirit that you remain in us, that you guide us. And I pray, Lord, for all of us here, Lord, that you would help us to see and have discernment about the things that we need to invite you into that perhaps we haven't been. That we may have light and life in our daily walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.